to episode 92 of the <laughs> pretty good stuff uh little rhyme there uh we're gonna carry on we're not stopping welcome to episode 92 of the culture bucket podcast the greatest podcast in the universe two best friends talking all things pop culture etc 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 this week is a culture catch-up and my tube episode we've got loads and loads of things to discuss <laughs> which is gonna yeah. be great <laughs> Um, but before we get into all of that, I'm George, your regular host, and with me is your other regular host, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi. Rocking the um, the dungarees again today. Yeah. Are they different? Yep, I was rock. No, so I've got one pair of dungarees. Oh, but they look black but, this time. You know. Yep, they looked black last time. Okay. I... <laughs> what colour did they look to you? I thought they were like jeans dungarees they're denim yeah like denim black denim yeah they are denim they're black denim okay but i thought i don't know for some reason i just just because probably the ones i want are blue denim and so i just uh, projected my 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 dreams onto you fair enough i have plans to buy a second pair of dungarees because i'm now such a fan of dungarees but currently just the one pair of dungarees and yesterday a co-worker told me i look like a farmhand oh do you wear them at work as well no, good lord, no! I was, I was, I was in work on a day off ah. to try and do some of the work that it's impossible to do during normal working okay. hours. Uh, and a coworker also was in mm. on the day off and saw me in my secret shame and called me a farmhand. Yeah, because I don't think I could handle the comments from the kids <laughs> <laughs> wearing dungarees. No, 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 definitely not. No. So, anyway, um, please could you go to um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else uh, where you can rate and review podcasts and rate and review, leave a written review for this podcast you listen to now, Culture Bucket. Five stars, please, if you don't mind. We would really appreciate it. We love you so much. If you're listening right now, you are the best ever person ever mm. so please could you please 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 rate and review us that'd be so good thank you tell all your friends about us and tell them this podcast is just the best and it's not even a lie if you say that and um yeah we'd, we'd love more people to listen please also if you'd like to support us at all in this endeavor it would be lovely if you did you could go to linktree uh, the link, our link tree, not just in general link tree, our link tree, and uh, click click the support us button on our link tree to buy us a coffee. Um, if you want to do that, you can. If you don't want to do that, continue listening at your leisure. It's fine. Yes. I, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's all the intros done. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And now we start sometimes, with. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you're like George. You forgot to say this, but are we good now? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, we're good. good. I don't. I like. Can you see my eyes? I don't know what's happening to me. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever we do today, it's fine. <laughs> this is 
culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. What have you been catching in your bucket, Alex? Okay, this week? so Alex. I've uh, I've gone a little bit international, uh, more international than uh, than usual. <laughs> The Far East. Um, and I... You're always talking about the Far East. Oh, that's true. So... Every week, every single week. Uh, usually I talk about Japan, though. Which is in the Far East. I know, I know. Let's start it's again, the then. East. It's the furthest know, of the, the East. I know, that's the furthest of the East. Let's start again. So, when Far East again? Good. <laughs> Not physically... But cinematically, I went Far East and I watched the uh, 2022 film directed by Pak Chan-wook, Decision to Leave. Oh, Decision to Leave. I've been wanting to watch it and since I read your review on Letterboxd, which I would like to read now because it's so beautiful. Can I? Yeah, if you'd like. It says, it feels so dialed back and reserved compared to the operatic melodrama Park Chan-wook normally provides, but it's exactly what the story needs. His direction isn't flashy, except when it needs to be, and he engages with the chemistry between his two leads in pure and wonderful ways. I was sucked in completely and floored by the end. A gem. And this is exactly what this film is. Like, that's exactly what this, you know, that's a perfect review for this film. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. And so that review made me want to watch the film. And it's about this uh, detective who seems to be pretty, uh, I don't know, he's a pretty square detective. He's a really good detective, I think. Yeah, uh, he's the good detective. He's a good detective. And um, and I, I can't remember, I don't remember really know where it is. I think it's Busan, I think doesn't matter yeah and um he investigates this man who uh allegedly killed himself and he starts being kind of attracted and a little bit obsessed by the wife of this man who the widow the widow mm. of this man who plummeted to his death and mm. um he does suspect her but then things kind of change and uh, and they kind of develop this amazing friendship, which is definitely very loving by the end, which is really beautiful and upsetting. And uh, it's uh, amazing. Yeah. It's a, I, what I liked about this film, it just felt like it was two different films at one point. Like yeah. this, definitely a clear cut be- between when he's living in the first city and then when he moves to the second city. And the characters are the same, but something has changed and it's, mm. uh, it's darker in the second one, in the second act. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, sadder and uh, um, more, how do you say, tintillating? Like, yeah. Yeah, titillating, not tintillating, titillating, titillating between these two characters, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's very different from any other Park Chan Wook I've watched, and like you said in your review, is much calmer and not much happens. But then there's some shots, for example, there's there's a chase 
where it's insane because the camera is right behind the actor and it's just like it just looks really frantic and there's moments where um the detective is um observing um the widow doing a doing a classic uh, stakeout. yeah so there's the detective doing the classic stakeouts that he loves so much and um that he he magically finds himself next to her because he's imagining her and i love those kind of shots that what happens it's just so dynamic and um and there's and it's it's kind of predictable but there's a lot of mystery in this in his predictability i think there's mm. uh there's yeah you sort of it doesn't take the narrative turns you expect it to but it doesn't stop it from being yeah it does take the narrative turns you'd expect it to, but it doesn't stop it from being sort of engrossing. Yeah, right? yeah. And what I really liked is that how he portrayed the simplicity of their growing love, the simple things that they were mm. doing, like cooking, going uh, to a castle, just talking, and this these two characters, like their, their love is growing and growing and... Uh, it's really simple, but it's so kind of beautiful to watch. And uh, and uh, I really liked how certain scenes also looked like uh, a Korean print. So if you go and check like Korean prints of like nature, certain scenes like the, the beach and the mountain they climb, it looks really picturesque. Like That crime scene is one of the most cinematic looking, yeah. beautiful. Mm. Every shot when they're on that mountaintop is, is gorgeous. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, <laughs> the widow is played by Wei Tang, who is mesmerizing. She's so beautiful and she's so amazing in this um, in this film. I would like to see her in other films as well. And the uh, detective is played by Pak Hae Il. And he's also incredible. And together they, they are amazing. So thank you for that review. And I think it was spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And making sandcastles on the beach will never feel the same again. <laughs> I was just the, in the way, in a way the ending is beautiful, but I was just like, kind of maybe hoping that it would be different. No. But then I was just like, boy, it can't yeah. be different. And so I, I just thought, and I was thinking, that's the worst way to do what she's doing. Watch the film, everyone, because it's um, go and watch the yeah, movie. Yeah, because the ending is amazing and and the way she the way something happens you go but that's the worst way you can do it but then is the best way you can do it (laughs) isn't it uh no there's no good way to do that is there let's not talk to let's 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 um yeah let people watch it um yeah watch it people watch watch decision to leave and who leaves who knows Exactly. Yes. Well, once you've seen the movie, I think you could think of. Yeah. Yes. And then I watched a film that I've been trying to think about how to talk about the plot, but I'm not really sure how to, but I'll I'll try my best. Uh, You've been trying to think about how to talk about the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really. That sounds like. That sounds like the name of a Haruki Murakami book. Yeah. How to talk about the plot. I've been thinking about how to talk about the plot. Thinking about how to talk about the plot of this book. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. I'm not really sure, so I will do my best. But uh, I watched a film uh, from China, uh, directed by uh, the director of Birds of Prey, (laughs) Kathy Yan. 
and okay. it's called Dead Pigs. Dead Pigs. Dead Pigs. Is a film okay. set in uh, uh, somewhere in China. And okay. uh, there are five uh, main five main characters and kind of five main stories that and these five characters are kind of it, as one point and another become connected and mm-hmm. um uh, one is a pig farmer who his uh, pigs are dying uh, a woman that lives in a in a house uh in the middle of nowhere because everything else has been uh De- demolished and uh, this oh, okay. company needs to evict her but she doesn't want to leave the mm-hmm. house so you know classic company trying to like pay her house out uh, pay well buy her house so uh they can build this lavish spanish looking city um uh, a boy that works in a restaurant uh and a really rich girl and an architect so these five people are connected somehow uh, to this story. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um, it's basically a story about uh, the, the destruction of, uh, I think it's like the rise of capitalism and the, mm-hmm. the kind of want, the, the destruction of traditional housing or traditional people and the culture to build better new things that will make your life much more convenient so people right. can't live in a house anymore they have to live in a in a tiny flat in this beautiful resort with shops and stuff and um and this kind of housing development that is going to be incredible for all the families that used to live in the village uh is the kind of the main story um with the pigs <laughs> the pigs that are dying <laughs> oh. okay um it's it's a really because if you say too much then you spoil the film and it's really complicated to to kind of explain but what what i enjoyed about the film is just you you don't necessarily know how these characters are connected until at one point in the film so and right. and that's interesting because you're you feel like they're all disconnected mm. and then they start mm-hmm. connecting, which is really cool. Uh, it's directed yeah. really nicely and lovely. It's very colorful and beautiful, and it's her directorial debut. So it's you know it's uh it's quite amazing as a directorial debut. It shows the the causes of the development of China is doing, and if it's a mm-hmm. is it a good thing or a bad thing? You know you, you assess it in the film. It's supposed to be a comedy, and there are some funny bits, <laughs> but uh, it's more kind of um nerve-wracking because this woman is so the the woman that lives in the house and doesn't want to be evicted it's kind of really sad because she she grew up in that house and she doesn't want to follow the the norms that this this development is this developer is telling her to do um Mm. but yeah so did did she call Saul (laughs) no she didn't call Saul um that was her first mistake weirdly in this film there's the there's zazie beats in three scenes oh. yeah oh, <laughs> yeah really? zazie beats is there in three scenes as a as a talent scout for um for this uh um architect 
um, that he, this American architect that she kind of um, um, gives him modeling jobs and uh, she can make lots of money. Um, I really liked um, the, the actress that played the woman in the house, uh, Vivian Wu. Really great, really extremely expressive. And uh, I really liked it. And uh, if you have Mubi, it's on Mubi. Um, so, yeah. I thought it would be an interesting film to watch because I don't really watch Chinese films. And so I'm, uh, because I've got this Mubi yeah. subscription now and it's full of films from China, I'm going to talk, watch them more. Yeah, no, cool. Yeah. I want to watch In the Mood for Love. That's meant to be the best film. Yes, yes, yes. But I haven't seen no. it, so I can't talk about no. it now. But just, you know, yeah. I want to watch it. Will I watch it? Probably not. Mm. But I want to watch it. And that means I'm a good film buff. Yes, definitely. Because <laughs> I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah. But I'm sorry if the plot seems crazy. Shut up. Not ev- everybody hasn't heard of In the Mood for Love, Alex. Okay, fine. It's not true. Okay. Only real cinema lovers have heard of In the Mood for Love. <laughs> what? was shaking your maracas today <laughs> shut up <laughs> but yeah i'm sorry that i haven't saw the film very well but it is good and it is fun in part no it sounds it sounds like I'd, and her i mean like i think birds of prey is freaking amazing more than you do yeah i think if i remember rightly yeah. and part of what i love about that movie is how awesome the direction is mm. uh, so i definitely like to watch more films by her yeah so yeah. and this is her first one so check it out mm-hmm. and then of course i can't go a year without watching a movie of jennifer lopez getting married i oh, didn't watch shotgun yes Wedding, i did, did. Oh, you <laughs> fool <laughs> come on we did watch marry me last year and i knew we couldn't do yes. another special about jennifer lopez getting married no so i had to watch it by myself <laughs> and okay. it's been a week this week has been an interesting week for me you can see it from my eyes they're really tiny and i just needed to watch something that was like you know you hated marry me more than i did yes yes but i did not hate this one more than I oh, hate. But it's got Marry That's bizarre because Marry Me's at least got Owen Wilson in it. This one you have to put up with Josh Hartnett. What? It's, it's not Josh Hartnett. What are you talking about? It is, isn't no, it? No, it's J- Josh Denamel. <laughs> oh, right. Well, um, whatever. So, S- some bland man called Josh. Sorry, go on. Uh, so, uh, it's basically. Uh, Darcy, played by Jennifer Lopez. I don't know how many more wedding films she has to make, but she will. Uh, and uh, Tom, played by Josh Dunamo. Uh, they are... Josh Anamo. Josh Anamo. Uh, they have gathered all of their families on this island in the Philippines. And from the beginning, you, f- you kind of see that there is some tension between the bride and the, the future bride and groom. They come from very different families. Um, his mother, played by the wonderful, fantastic Jennifer Coolidge, because, you know, you have to have Jennifer Coolidge in your life. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the best things about the film as well. She's very, okay. you know, American blonde and uh, too much. And she's also great in this film. Uh, her family finds his family very gauche. 
They're a little bit too much. Okay. And um, this wedding takes an expected turn when some pirates decide to come on the island. But are they pirates? Who knows? Um. So the beginning is, <laughs> it's a bit, it's, it's hard. It's difficult to watch because some of the writing is really too much, and I think sometimes they just put some words, some sentences. And they repeated it so much. So Jennifer Lopez keeps saying to, um, uh, what's his name? Now I forgot. Josh Dunamel. Um, Josh Duhamel. Ah, is it Duhamel? He doesn't have an. He doesn't have an N. Ah, sorry. I I don't I don't know him. Uh, <laughs> Josh Duhamel. <laughs> That's why you said Enamel. Oh. Ah, Josh Duhamel. I've always mm. called him Josh Dunamo, but whatever. Duamo. Duhamel. Duhamo? Duhamel. So Josh Duham Duhamel. Um Josh Josh Duhamel. I, I really don't it's okay. a, it's a Josh word salad of a name. Okay, whatever. So we Damel. Damel. Damel according to Wikipedia. Damel. Ah, Josh Damel. The Josh Damel. I think so, if Wikipedia is to be believed. Okay. So um so there, there are conversations between Jennifer Lopez and Josh Damel that are like cringy. Like she keeps saying, I don't want to get married. And he keeps saying, I was, I thought you wanted to get married. And so that, 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 that kind of sentence, those sentences are repeated many times. But then when the pirate okay. arrives, when the pirates arrive. That's <laughs> just the one pirate. <laughs> when the pirates arrive, it becomes fun. It becomes like an entertaining, fun, silly movie. And, okay. uh, you know, they have to fight the pirates and lots of stuff happens. And uh, it, it, and then it ends. So it's just the beginning is really kind of like, oh, enough. And then it just becomes a fun action film, a bit like um, The Lost City. You know, mm. the one with Sandra Bullock and um, yeah, I like Channing that Tatum. So if you like that film, I think if you skip the first bit, which is totally ridiculous, and you watch the second bit, the second bit is actually okay. And it's fun. Okay. I did laugh a couple of times, which, you know, and that's why I think it's better than Marry Me, because in Marry Me, I was just like, I didn't laugh. I was just too, just terrible. This one... It's so ludicrous. Yeah, <laughs> but this one... Is fun, but then you find out why the parrots are there, and so it's it's fun. Um, okay. Yeah, there's also uh, Lenny Kravitz in this film. <laughs> so look at your face. What's wrong with you? I just died when you said Lenny Kravitz. Why? He's a great actor. <laughs> no, he's not, Alex. Don't say stupid things. Not on, not on my podcast. Uh, and how <laughs> day? Um, yes. Uh, and also, uh, somebody that I really love is in this film, uh, Darcy Carden. Uh, she plays. She's in the Good Place. <clears throat> oh, uh, is it not a? Who does she play? Girl? What's who does she play in Good Good Place? The robot. Yeah. What's her name? The, the lady, uh, Bad Janet. Yeah, Janet. 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 So, yeah, she plays Janet in The Good Place. I really like her. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, I she brings her. a good yes. energy. Like, there's a, a, a the, 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 the second half has got a good energy and there's got a good chemistry between Jennifer Lopez and Josh Dammel. And uh, I think it's fine. It's okay. It's not, okay. it's not as terrible as everybody said. 
skip the first the wow. first 20 minutes and the rest is fun <laughs> good good uh and then the last but not least I'll, i kept it for last but so we can like talk about it and then we can go into your culture catch up okay. the last of us episode three. Oh, the last of us episode three yes widely regarded as the greatest thing that any human being has ever produced yes um you know that's that that has been the, the discourse on the internet in the week following its uh its release mm-hmm. what did you think of it um so the last of us episode three i spent the first maybe 10 minutes going ellie what are you doing where are you going why are you going downstairs she go into the. She went into the hole. She went into the big she hole. She went to the big hole, and, and she, she just creepily cut this thing's face. In a really, that was like, my first twenty minutes, ten minutes or something with Ellie. I was like, "Why are you? Why are you opening? Why are you going downstairs? Why are you going closer to this guy? Why? Oh, it was horrendous. And then she's grown up in this world. She doesn't. It's not. It doesn't scare in the way it would scare you. I I guess so, but it was still. It was still. Yeah. And then uh, I spend the next uh, few, uh, the next part um, loving what Nick Offerman was doing, uh, playing oh. Bill. And he, oh. he is in his house and oh. uh, he, he's in the basement of his house when the military is taking everybody out and he hides. And I was like, why is he hiding? And then he just creates the most idyllic place he can possibly create. And he's mm-hmm. got gas, he's got uh, light, he's got food, he's got wine, and he's got a beautiful there's, house. There's one thing he doesn't have. But, but there, yeah, there's one thing that he doesn't have, but he doesn't know until... And then I spend the next few moments going, why are you letting this guy in? <laughs> because in my head, at this point, I was very... Um, the Walking Dead. I was like, don't let anybody in. You can't let anybody in. Because in the Walking Dead, yeah. if you let anybody in, you die or they they're gonna, die. They're going to kill yeah. you. They're gonna, it's all going to be havoc and mayhem and chaos. Yeah, so Bill is watching his many cameras and... Um, Somebody has fallen in the hole, and we meet Frank. And uh, Frank uh, is played Bye-bye. by Moray Bartlett in... Oh, I loved him here. But never mind. But the first <laughs> moment, I was like, don't let him in. What are you doing? Don't let him in. But then he lets him in, and then he lets him stay. And then I was like, he's going to use him. He's going to use him. And then after that, there's the story of Bill and Frank. And it's mm. beautiful. <laughs> A beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous love story. Yeah. Played beautifully by Nick Offerman and Moray Bartlett. Yep. And you just go, well, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And I don't know. It was a really incredible love story and life story yeah. and partnership story. And the way they ends at the end, what the way it ends is amazing. Yeah, we won't spoil it. We'll probably do an episode. We'll do like a Last of Us special, I imagine, yeah. when it's all wrapped yeah. up. And we can talk spoilers yeah. there. But um, pretty beautiful yeah. stuff. Very, like, completely flips from how that story is told in the mm. game. Very different, mm. very different um, ending in the game. Um, and they made the right choice, I think. I've I've read some discourse online that people... that. It's hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but the people don't like the way they've done it in this. 
but I think that's a small voice in the um yeah. in the overall sort of critical like uh, love for this uh, this episode of television, which is wild because like it's become more and more of a thing recently for prestige drama shows to do like kind of a one off side episode almost following like characters that aren't the main characters of the show. Mm. Um, but normally they'll wait like a while mm. to do that episode. Like at Last of Us, just I guess because of the structure of the game, they just had to follow it, and they decided to go in and do their like side episode yeah. after just two episodes, uh, of setup. But it works. It's great. It's good for me. And it was brilliant seeing Nick Offerman again, doing his Ron Swanson, sort of government paranoia mm. character. But letting it go into such a beautiful direction, because like you're so used to Nick Nick Offerman playing that character in a way where he doesn't he doesn't ever allow anyone in, and he always keeps up that facade mm. of of uh, masculine strength. But in this, he lets it crumble as soon as he finds someone who 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 can kind of um, provide him the companionship that he didn't really realize he was missing, and it's great. Um, and they they tie in Joel and Ellie in the right ways. There's just a little bit of it in the middle with some flashbacks to Joel yeah. and Tess visiting. And that dinner, that dinner scene outside is is lovely. Yeah. Because Nick Kaufman is just pointing his gun at yeah. Joel the whole time. Joel's like, I get it, but please don't do yeah. that. Like, I would do that, but don't do that. Yeah. Um, And again, that's another bit where, like, in The Walking Dead, Joel and Ellie would have been two people that then betrayed them. Yeah. But no, Joel and Ellie are two good people, and Frank and Bill are two good people, and they help each other get by. Joel and Tess. And it's, Joel and Tess. Sorry. Jo- yeah. Joel and Tess, sorry. Joel and Tess yeah. are two good people. Yeah, because um, at that point, when when um, when Frank wants to invite friends over, I was just, don't, oh, no, don't need friends. <laughs> Why do you need friends? <laughs> but you have to have faith. You have to have trust yeah. in humanity. Yeah, but I watched the walk. I watched the first season of the. Well, I read the the comic book and I watched the first season of The Walking Dead, and there are no friends. <laughs> Yeah, but that that exists in a very pessimistic world, and the the game of The Last of Us is very pessimistic. Yeah. But the show has found <clears> a way to include <throat> some warmth and some heart, and yeah. it's good. My favorite little moment in the episode is when they're having that argument about inviting friends over, yeah. and Frank yells at Bill about how he's the kind of person that believes the government are Nazis, <laughs> and then Bill's just like, "They are, <laughs> they are Nazis." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, but before they were, you thought they were." Yeah. Um. Oh, it's great, and it's a nice. That's also a nice little bit of world building to sign of show that the um the people currently in charge of America are not good people, but also the country they're in charge of doesn't exist anymore. No, no. And it's not broad. It's broadly not relevant to the overall story of the mm. of the thing. But um, no, it's nice. It's good. It's a, it was a great episode of TV. Yeah, and then the end it it ended happy. with like, why are you not staying there for a couple of days? Why are you not just chilling out having some some because they have drinking to some go. wine they've got to they've got to go they've got to got to got to get come on to have a couple going. of showers before you go so i started really like yeah. why are you going there it's like why are you not staying <laughs> yeah no time gotta go gotta move yeah but um i enjoyed it yeah it i'm excited good. i'm very excited for episode four mm-hmm. um it's gonna include an appearance from melanie linsky off of yellow jackets and other shows yeah. and uh she's she's a great actress so uh i don't i doubt it will be quite the um quite the thing that episode three was but i'm excited to see the yeah you know, the show move forward you can't you can't do that every week can you no no because be too much too many tears yeah. but uh yeah the, exactly. the world will be flooded very true. Yes. And as you can hear, I did not go and see Babylon because of you I telling s- me. I don't 
Yeah. It was too long. It was it's too long. Amongst other problems, it's too long. <laughs> and that's... To, to, to a disgraceful amount. Just up, upsettingly too long. Yeah. But yeah, and that's it. What have you been doing this week? Well, I've been watching some movies, Use. but I've also been getting excited about some music. There's been quite a lot of stuff in January to get excited about. Um, so, yes. the, the start of 2023 has seen the sudden and unexpected return of Boy Genius. Yeah. Do you know Boy Genius, Alex? Yes, I do. They are, it's the super group composed of Phoebe Bridges and uh, Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus, who are also amazing musicians. All three of them are incredible musicians in their own, in their own worlds. In 2018, they got together and did an EP, uh, which is beloved. And uh, since then, they've sort of continued to grow in their own worlds as solo acts. And they decided to get back together for no reason other than they wanted to and, and produce an album. So they announced recently their debut studio album, is called The Record, and it's coming out on the 31st of March, and I could not be more excited about it. Um, what do you think about it? Have you heard any of So they dropped three singles yes. when they announced it. Have you listened to them? I listened to all three of them. And what did you think of them? Good, very good. I like their collaborations. Uh, yeah. I'll have to agree with you. I like $20 the most. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I like twenty dollars the most. It's interesting because twenty dollars. So they put out three songs, and I think they put out three songs because each song is clearly written by one of the three, mm. and then the other two have provided harmonies and and you know fleshed it out and stuff. Uh, and twenty dollars is really clearly a Julian Baker song. Um, she takes front and center on it, and it's great. And it it breaks down into just screaming and yelling at the end, and we all love a bit of screaming and yelling. It's beautiful. Then we've got um, Emily I'm Sorry, which is a Phoebe Bridges song, Through and Through, and is a great Phoebe Bridges song, um, but doesn't somehow hit in the same way that $20 mm. did. And the same is true of True Blue. True Blue is full of the sort of things you expect from Lucy Dacus, like really kind of specific lyrics that exist in a like a really set time and place um, in the way that she does. And it's, it's a good song as well. All three songs are great. Yeah. But I really hope that when... The album comes out. I hope that there are songs on there that feel less categorized into one of the mm. three artists. Do you see what yeah. I mean? I hope there's some more sort of real blending. Um, and uh, they've put out these three songs to kind of show off the three styles, but that there's there's more sort of um, kind of boy genius stuff on mm. there rather than I'd I'd like it to feel like an album rather than a collection of solo tracks that have had harmonies yeah. part of them, which is the most reductive way to describe what we've got so far and I don't think that's what we've got so far but I'd like the entire album to be you know, mm. to be more surprising but yeah I'm excited are you excited? yeah definitely I really liked the, the good. EP yeah the EP is so good and uh, yeah when I saw her she did I think it was me and my dog off of that EP it was just oh, great um, on the same day they announced that uh, I was also getting excited because my favourite band in the world The National yeah have announced their return properly with a single and an album that's out on the 28th of April. Too long, but never mind. <laughs> uh, too far away. Their new album is confusingly titled First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah. 
um, which he I read an interview and um, Matt Berninger, the singer, just uh, explained that the reason it's called that is because when he is suffering from writer's block and struggling for like um, inspiration, he'll often just grab a book off his bookshelf and read the first couple of pages to see if it kind of takes his mind anywhere. Mm. And um, one day he picked up Frankenstein and that was a book that provided him some inspiration, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is going to be... a. You know, a sweet, short and sweet 11-track album. It's got a couple of Phoebe Bridges uh, features on it. It's got a Sufjan Stevens feature on it, and it's got a Taylor Swift feature on it, which is obviously getting people excited. And um, I can't wait to hear it. And they've put out one single called Tropic Morning News, and it's a banger. A banger. I cannot wait for more. A banger. Have you listened to that song? Yes, I have. And what did you think of that song? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's good. I need to get into the national actually. I'm not I'm not too keen. That's so good. Not too keen because you haven't given them enough yeah. of a try or yeah. because you Yeah, like... I think so. Yeah. And I I don't know enough about them. Fair enough. They're the best. <laughs> They're so good. I love them. I can't wait for this album. Um yeah, because it's twenty eight, so like five four years since our last album. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about both of those albums when they come out, but um get excited uh then i went to the cinema this week to see a a movie very simply titled plane (laughs) plane as plane flat or plane as airplane plane 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 fly plane go (laughs) fly go plane fly (laughs) okay uh, Plane is a film <laughs> directed by Jean-Francois Richet and starring Gerard Butler. Oh! oh Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, fly plane. <laughs> Gerard Butler, fly plane. Plane crash. Oh, no. And um, okay. also stars Mike Coulter who audiences know as Luke Cage from Luke Cage and the Jessica Jones show, okay. which we watched together many years yeah. ago. Um, and in this movie, uh, this is a, this movie is a movie in which <laughs> Gerard Butler flies a plane because he's a pilot. He's a pilot man and he flies the plane. The pilot flies the plane and the plane is flying to... Tokyo from hmm, somewhere. Mm. I don't remember. Singapore, maybe. Or Thailand. Where's the plane? Singapore. He's going to fly to Singapore. From Singapore to Tokyo to then go to Honolulu. But it doesn't matter where he wants to go because he, 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 he gets on the plane and he's looking at the weather and he says, oh, big storm, big storm, bad for fly plane. Is that, I'm is the he man not, from the... Is, it, is, is that... Are those his actual words? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And the guy from the airline who only cares about money says, mm. "Well, we could divert you around the uh, the 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 thing, the storm, but it will cost eighteen thousand dollars in fuel, and there's only like fifteen passengers on this flight because it's New Year's Eve. So just fly over the storm, please, because it'll be cheaper for the airline." And Jared Butler goes, "Oh, <laughs> oh, oh stupid man." Stupid man, and then he but he has to agree to it because it's what the airport tell him to do, 
And then just before he gets off to fly, they're like, hey, hey, Captain, you have to go and speak to somebody. And he goes, oh, okay. And then he goes over to the um, to the entrance to the plane and there's a, there's a policeman there, like an FBI guy or something. And he's like, I've got this guy here and I'm going to bring him onto the plane. And this guy, he's a murderer guy. Be careful of this guy. He's got handcuffs on because he's a murderer guy. And Jared Butler's like, oh, bad plane, no, 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 no. And um, the guy goes, well, it's the law, so you have to take him onto your plane. But be careful, he's a murderer guy. So then they all get on the plane <laughs> and they go to take off and they're flying and they fly over the storm. But, oh no, the storm is really, really bad storm. It Lightning hits the plane. All the electronics in the plane are like, oh, and they get destroyed. And the plane can't stay in the air. The engines get fried. It turns off the engines. And Jared Butler's like, oh, no. And it crashes. And it crashes on a little island in the Philippines. And, oh, no, it turns out that it's an island controlled entirely by... Um, pirates. Awful, bad people, pirates, etc. <laughs> and uh, his job now is to look after the 15 passengers and be wary of the murderer guy. But it might turn out the murderer guy is actually a secret good guy who can help. Oh. So then Jared Butler and Mike Coulter have to work out a way to, to save everyone and get off the island and save the day, etc., etc. And, you know, they, they run around the jungle and they shoot guys and punch guys. And there's a, at the end, there's a gun that's so big. The gun is so big that it can shoot a bullet that goes straight through a car and then hits a man and makes the man fly six feet back into another car and they're just bang, bang, just destroying these cars. It's quite a film. It's a, it's, it's, oh, it's very, very, very deeply stupid. But it's uh, one of the more entertaining Gerald Butler movies I've ever seen. And I would recommend that if you want to spend 107 minutes, um, just watching Jared Butler sort of grunt and growl his way around a, around being a pilot and trying to rescue people from from awful uh, bad people who <laughs> probably not I don't know anyway it's a fun time and I'd recommend it and um it's done fairly well it cost 25 million dollars to make and it's made 33 and a half million dollars mm. so it seems like people are enjoying it yeah and I enjoyed it and you should go and watch it and I watched it in 4DX, uh, which means that you sit on a chair that goes up and down and left and right and sprays water at really? you and does all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and it was like a roller coaster ride. The plane crash scene was crazy. I was being punched in the back <laughs> by little arms and for, all sorts of things. For, it was wild. For 107 minutes? Yeah. Well, no, because the plane crash scene is about five minutes. No, but I mean, like, long. you were like. Psh, psh, psh. Well, yeah, but like it only like so it, it does it in sync with the stuff on screen. Oh, so there are sequences in the movie where people are just stood around talking, and the ch the chairs get calm, and then people start punishing, and the chairs start just flinging wow. you around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, there's a bit where um the Mike Coulter smashes a guy's head with a big hammer, mm. and then it sprays water on you as if you've been blood sprayed. <gasps> it's it's mad. It's a mad thing. Wow. Yeah, but um, it's a, it's a crazy good film. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Uh that's plain. Cool. Plain. Yeah. Uh then I saw a similarly uh, single word titled movie uh called Missing. 
Okay. Missing uh, is directed by Will Merrick and Nick Johnson and stars a young Storm, young actress, up and coming actress Storm Reed, who um, what have I seen her in? She was in. Um, she was definitely in something. Oh, she plays the daughter in The Invisible Man, which is a good film. Okay. Um, she had a tiny little role in James Gunn's Suicide Squad film. She's in Euphoria. Who does she play in Euphoria? Because you'll know from that. Hang on. Oh, she plays... What's her name? Gia. Gia Bennett. Or Jaya Bennett. Gia uh, Bennett. Gia Bennett. Yes. Gia. Gia Bennett. Mm, yeah. Gia. Sister. Zendaya's um, sister. And... Ah, yes. Lovely. And um, she's soon to be seen in uh, The Last of Us, in fact, in an upcoming episode oh, of that. Oh, cool. Uh, playing a really vital key role in uh, Ellie's past, which uh, should be exciting. Um, anyway, she's the star of this movie, Missing. Um, it is the sequel to... It, well, it's kind of the sequel, but it doesn't have any characters, but it's 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 the sequel in terms of the way it's made to a movie from a couple of years ago called Searching. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, have you seen Searching? No, I've heard, like, I've heard of it, but I, I've seen uh, good. it. Searching is great. Searching is a film that stars John Cho as a man whose daughter mm. goes missing and he look, tries to find her and it's all done through the screen of like his phone and his computer and stuff. Every you see is that it's basically like they've recorded his screen mm. and he's calling people, he's doing FaceTime and all sorts of stuff and it, the whole movie is told as if you're watching what he's doing on his computer screen. This movie is exactly the same. It's like called Screen Life is the is the sort of genre that has been this has been dubbed. Um Storm Reed plays a young teenage girl. Her mum goes on holiday with her new boyfriend to Columbia. She's got to pick up her mum from the airport a week later. She gets to the airport a week later and her mum doesn't arrive because her mum has gone missing. Missing. Mm. And uh, then we watch as she, uh, she tries to find and locate her mum uh, again, done entirely through the screen of her phone and her computer, etc., etc. Um, And it's a fun, they've, like, they've, Despite the fact they've already done basically the same premise in searching, they find new and interesting ways to utilise uh, the phone screen uh, in this movie. Mm. Um, there's a lot of hacking into people's Google accounts and looking through their emails and things like that. There's a lot of um, using different web services like, uh, is it called Fiverr? You know, the one where you can hire somebody uh, yeah. to do yeah. errands for you. So early in the movie, she hires somebody to like tidy up after a big party she's thrown and then she uses it again later when she needs somebody in Colombia to go and investigate a hotel for her. She hires somebody to wow. do that on Fiverr, and then you see the video calls between them. And the guy that she hires is played by uh, Joaquim Antonio uh, de Almeida, who's a Portuguese actor who, uh, very iconically for me, played um, Ramon Salazar in uh, 24, okay. the Kiefer Sutherland show. And also played the bad guy in Fast Five, the fifth Fast and Furious mm. movie. And he's very, very good in that. And he also looks very similar to a horrible comedian in the UK called Jim Davidson, I always think. And it makes me um, makes me laugh when I see him. Um, not laugh at him, but just the, 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 the similarity. Mm. And probably nobody else would see it, but to me they look really similar. It's weird. Um, so, and he's great. Uh, he plays Javier, this guy in Colombia who can help her. And yeah, it's just, it's got a lot of twists. Like it's constantly going, this is not this and that's that. And you thought this was this, but it's that instead. Mm. And da da ba da ba do ba do ba do. And who's the bad guy and who's the good guy and who should I trust and who shouldn't I trust and who's a. Uh, and um, it's really good. And all the way through it, you know, you're with Storm Reed the entire way and she anchors the movie and it works because she's so good in it. And um, I really enjoyed it. I would massively recommend uh, Missing to. Anybody who enjoys a good mystery thriller cool. type of film. 
yeah you should probably watch it i think you'd like it and you should watch searching as well i think you'd probably enjoy that i don't know do you like you know twisty crazy thriller you know mystery movies it's good stuff ah too much fun too much fun up next i went to see uh a children's movie on my own like a creep (laughs) (laughs) because i'd heard it was good and i i don't have any children to take to it so i just went on my own sat in the corner and tried to look inconspicuous not because i because i am inconspicuous anyway (laughs) stop it Puss in Boots, yes. The Last Wish. I heard that the l- is good. Yeah, well, so it's the second Puss in Boots movie. Now, I haven't seen the first Puss in Boots movie because I also haven't seen Shrek 3 or 4 because, do you know what? I don't like Shrek. It's stupid. Mm. When I was when Shrek first came out, I was the right age and I was like, hey, Shrek's great. And then by the time Shrek 2 came out, I was like, Shrek's all right. I'll watch Shrek. And then when Shrek 3 came along, I was like, no, I'm done with Shrek now. Enough of Shrek and his little children and the donkey and all of that. Yeah. So Shrek Free, no. Shrek Forever After, no. Puss in Boots, definitely not. And Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, also definitely not. It comes along, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of time after, 12 years or so after the last one. Mm. And um, why did why they felt the need to revive Puss in Boots and bring him back for another movie, I don't know. But I'm glad they did, because it is actually a great film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first thing that I think is amazing about it and the reason it, one of the reasons it's brilliant is that it um, is animated not in the style of any other Shrek movie or in the standard sort of DreamWorks style you've come to expect, but it's animated to look like a storybook. It's animated oh, wow. in a real storybook way. They've taken quite clear inspiration from the way that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse mm. is animated to look like a comic book at like a lower frame rate and with comic book style graphics and like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has sort of changed and I think re-inspired a lot of people in the animation industry mm. to try new things with CGI. And you can see it paying off here because the movie is gorgeous. It looks like it's sort of painted in watercolour all oh. the time. And it and the design, and it's just beautiful to watch and see it move. And in terms of like the craft of animation, if you're a fan of that kind of thing, and also if you can't, you know, for a long time, every movie came, that uh, any of the animated movie was CGI and they all sort of looked the same mm. a little bit. Or at least all the DreamWorks ones look like DreamWorks films or the Pixar films look like Pixar films. And there wasn't much style to any individual movie. Unlike, you know, in the hand-drawn days, you'd get things like The Emperor's New Groove would come out that looks totally its own thing yeah. and is clearly inspired by the culture that the film is set in and stuff. Sp- Into the Spider-Verse kind of showed people that that could be done with CGI and it. I'm, I'm glad they did because Puss in Boots Last Wish really benefits from it. But it also benefits from a a, a, well, a story that's well told. Mm. It's a It's a really... <sighs> It's quite a simple story. It's it's very focused. Um, but I like that about it. It doesn't like it doesn't. It's not about saving the world or anything like that. It's about Puss in Boots, and his. Uh, why am I talking about this? It's about a cat that wears shoes, and his dark his the darkness that eats away at him when he realizes that he has worked through all of his nine lives. Because cats, as we know, they have nine yeah. lives. Puss in Boots is a fearless adventurer. Until he realises that all nine lives have been used up, or at least eight lives have been used up, and he's now in his last life, and if he dies now... Um, and we get a montage really early on showing all of his nine lives being used up, and it's quite dark for a children's movie to just show this cat being kind of killed in various <laughs> horrific ways. 
um, like the running of the bulls or getting drunk on milk and falling off a tower <laughs> or um, cheating dogs at a poker. Uh, it's, 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 they take a big risk in making this movie quite dark mm. and quite sad in a lot of ways. And it's, a, it's an inter the whole story is like an internal battle for the soul of Puss in Boots Aww. and for him to realise what's important in his life. And, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's 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 a really good story for a children's film, I think, and it, it it's a real story where it's it, it's a story that comes from the character, not a story that happens to the character, and I think that's what makes it work. And then on top of that, you've got a really good voice cast that really commit to the roles and do a really good job. Of it. Antonio Banderas yes. as Puss in Boots, who's always been pretty good in that role. Mm. Salma Hayek, uh, or Salma Hayek Pino, as, as she is now known. I think she must have. Got married, okay. I guess. Um, because she's in the new Magic Mike movie, and the 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 posters for that are all over the place now. And it says Channing Tatum. That says Salma Hayek Pino. Mm. So she she must have she must have changed the name. I don't know why, but yeah, she plays Kitty Softpaws, who apparently was in the other Cussing Boots movie. I wouldn't know, but um, she's sort of the uh, love interest, I suppose. Uh, Harvey Guillen, who's in the uh, What We Do in the Shadows show, mm. plays Perito, a little therapy dog uh, who's the sort of sidekick uh, comic relief character and then in terms of the villain roles you've got Florence Pugh yeah, she's so busy at the moment I just seen I know crazy uh, playing Goldilocks <laughs> the, the leader of an organised crime family <laughs> of bears and then Olivia Coleman playing Mama Bear <sighs> Ray Winston playing Papa Bear and a guy called Samson Ko as Baby Bear who's a um, British sort of comedian who I don't think I've really seen anything but his, his performance in this is, is is good he's funny in this uh, he does a good job alongside the sort of more well-known names um but then kind of the the secret weapon of the movie is big Jack Horner you know Jack Horner sat in the corner eating eating a pie what is it little jack corner sat in the corner eating his christmas pie he put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said what a good boy am i mm. have you ever heard that rhyme no. before it's a famous nursery rhyme in 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 england at least um and in this they reimagine him to have grown up and now runs a pie factory <laughs> where he sticks his plums in his thumb in the pie to see if it's a good pie um and he's he's kind of um he's he's sad that he because of his nursery rhyme he doesn't have any magic he's not a magic fairy tale mm. character anyway he's just a guy that puts his thumb in a pie so he wants to make a wish like the whole film is about them all racing to get to this wishing star it's, that's what it's called Puss in Boots the Last Wish and he his wish you don't really know what people's wishes are until it's revealed later on in the movie except for him you'll know kind of all the way along he wants to wish that he has all of the magic in the world and no one else can do any magic that's his wish okay. and he's collected all these magical items that he brings with him so he's got like a crossbow that shoots unicorn horns and he's got a phoenix that he uses as a flamethrower and in one very entertaining moment he's got um a a little bug in a jar and he thinks it's a magical locust that will like destroy all these plants in this forest and it turns out that it's basically Jiminy Cricket and he lets out the jar and it just hops, hops on his shoulder and announces now that it's his conscience and then just kind of gets more and more disturbed as he does villainous things throughout the movie and the, the conscience is trying to tell him not to and for whatever reason the guy the voice actor for this little Jiminy Cricket bug decided to do it as a Jimmy Stewart impression and 
it's very, very funny watching this little Jimmy Stewart book being like, oh, no, Jack, no, you can't do that. Um, it's a really, it's a really good film. Cool. I really liked it. I don't like Shrek and I don't really care about Puss in Boots. I shouldn't have expected it. Like, it, it, it defies expectation mm. to be entertaining and I would recommend people check it out. However, to get a really moody for a moment, I'd like to just read some extracts from a review of this movie that was featured recently in the Guardian newspaper by the Guardian's kind of lead film critic, Peter Bradshaw. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish Review. Sequel No One Wanted resembles long-form DVD extra. Two stars out of five. (laughs) Somewhat somewhat mystifyingly, some top-secret algorithmic function in DreamWorks Animation's audience reaction data analysis software has decreed that yet another comeback is in order for the sort of okay-ish and meh-plus character of Puss in Boots, spokenly voiced by Antonio Banderas. The numbers of some chuntering out of the side... The numbers have come chuntering out of the side of some giant IBM-style computer. The suits have frowningly inspected them, and another tranche of Puss in Boots content has been greenlit. Once again, Debonair, out- Debonair Outlaw Puss in Boots, a sort of cleaned-up Southern European version of Jack Sparrow, is having a sw- sword-twirling adventures, again in the company of his paramour, Kitty Softpaws. But now Puss in Boots must confront his own mortality, having used a pate of his nine lives. He's on a quest to put off the evil hour by finding the legendary wishing star, which once fell to Earth like a comet. He and Kitty join forces with the perky mutt Perito, but must battle other fairy tale nursery rhyme honchos, including a cockney crime family in the form of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, um, and Big Jack Horner, to whom all the funny lines are given. Uh, Wagner Mora voices the wolf, and then he gives a spoiler away that I'm not going to. Uh, really, this movie... So, so that, that, that first part of the review is just him describing the plot synopsis that you could read on IMDb really and then we get into like the critical his critical thoughts on the movie this is his entire critical thought really this movie is a huge 102 minute additional scene something that would go on the extras package of a blu-ray edition of the previous Puss in Boots film or possibly get its own video on demand release it feels like something to put on your TV or iPad to pacify a toddler Nothing wrong with that, of course, and many stressed parents would call it the noblest artistic calling. But how bland and forgettable this film is, without in the smallest way harnessing the real performing power of Banderas, Coleman, Pugh, Winstone, et al. I almost... He almost reads as if he hasn't watched the film. Yeah. Because it's not bland. The animation is really great, and it's really well done and it should be encouraged and more films should be encouraged to find ways to animate their movies in ways that support the theming Mm. of the film in the way that Spider-Verse did and in the way that this movie did the voice cast do a really good job like this is he went into this movie having already decided what his opinion of it was he didn't he didn't allow himself to have the opinion changed he is the worst film reviewer in the UK I hate him (laughs) and I can't conceive of why The Guardian have given him the lead film reviewer position for so long. He also gave the uh, he gave everything everywhere all at once a terrible review earlier in the year, uh, calling it like a kind of millennial, uh, something that appeals to millennials because they like wacky silliness. And he didn't look into that. He is awful. He's so bad at his job. If I was that lazy at my job, I wouldn't have it f- for very long. I cannot. I get just the worst. Yeah. That's one of the worst things I've ever read, that review of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Because I, if I hadn't seen it, I'd assume that that was true. Yeah. Because I don't have any interest in Puss in Boots as a... But it, 
come on, do your job properly. Just awful person. Awful, awful person. Hate him so much. Sorry. Anyway, last film. Skinnamarink. Oh, Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink, 2022 Canadian experimental horror film with the word experimental underlined, put in bold and italics. Um, it is written and directed by Kyle Edward Ball. It is feature directorial debut. In the past, he's been a YouTuber making short, creepy films and putting them on YouTube. This movie is an hour and 40 minutes long. Um, and you should go and watch it. Who, me? Before you listen. Just in general, <laughs> it's very hard to talk. I don't want to talk too much about If you think that an experimental horror movie is something you would watch, mm. kind of skip anything I'm about to say now and just go and watch it. Because it's the it's I've never seen a movie ever that was even close to being like Skinnamarink. It is a new form of cinema, okay. almost. It it's it's crazy. It cost fifteen thousand dollars to make, and it made over two million dollars so far. And it was then brought by Shudder, the horror streaming service, which is what I watched it on the other night. I wish I could have seen this in the cinema because mm. it is so its own thing. It's so unique. It basically so it basically takes place in a house. It was actually filmed in the director's childhood home. <laughs> the main two characters are like a five year old and a four year old, or maybe even a four year old and a three year old. The entire movie is filmed from their perspective, so it's all camera shots, really, really low to the ground, looking up at the at the ceiling, kind of thing. Um, they wake up in the middle of the night. I won't say any more about the about the plot than this. They wake up in the middle of the night. Their dad has vanished, and they they are not equipped to understand truly how horrifying that is, and they wow. try to get through the night. While a potentially a something in the house is there as well. Ugh. Um. It's sort of entice. It's very much constructed from like static shots of things, and it it it's got this digital noise put over the top of all the shots to look like film grain. So everything is very very hard to make out what you're looking at a lot of the time. Mm. The camera doesn't really move very much. Every line of dialogue has about a ten second gap between the next line of dialogue whenever there's anything happening. It's very, very slow, very, very strange. Uh, it builds up this sense of tension and fear and horror in a way that I've not ever seen before in another movie. It's Some people hate it. Some people have called it the most, like the, an immediate classic in the canon of horror cinema. Uh, I've seen it compared to The Blair Witch Project oh. in terms of how that kind of came along and shook everything up. I can't imagine we're going to get a whole load of Skinnamarink-style movies mm. because it, it's not easy to do this. Yeah. But... Um, and I watched it and I was like I don't know whether to give that one star or five stars like it is <laughs> it is it is so its own thing that it's very difficult to watch it and kind of know what you think of it straight away mm. I think and 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 um, but having ruminated on a couple of days I, I I like it I really like it and I want to watch it again to let it wash over me another time and try and understand it a little bit more. It's the kind of movie that you can't really understand on a single watch, mm. I think. Um, yeah, Skinnamarink. 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 Um, man, it's it's um, it's something else. It is something else. Skinnamarink is something else, and that is on my culture catch up. Sounds all great. I don't think I could watch Skinny Marink. Houses, 
things. No. I know, but it's so odd. I don't know that you'd even. It's it's just it's oh man, skin the marink. Awesome. Sounds all good. It does sound all good. Would you like to watch some YouTube trailers? Yeah. Netflix movie. Oh, we have a ghost. <laughs> we have a ghost. It's either going to be, but, I think it's going to be a comedy. Why do you think it's going to be a comedy? I don't know the title. It's going to be like a comedy, uh, horror comedy. So not horror really horror. Comedy. Not, yeah. Just because of the title. Not really scary. Not really funny. Just yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a movie where there's a lot of things about it that make me want to like it. And yeah. there's a lot of things about it that make me worry that it's going to be bad. So I'm interested to know what you make of it. So yeah. you ready? Yeah, very ready. So this is, this, is, this is the trailer for We Have a Ghost. Okay. We're all here. There's a big house. Trying to get a fresh start. Fresh Nothing start like in a creepy house. That's never good. Right? Okay. It's a Netflix movie. You moved into the house of death. Oh, it's the house of death. It, but it looks like the, the house, house of, of death. death. It does look mm. good. Oh, and the chair is moving, so maybe it's not. Oh, is that? Is that Hopper? It might be Hopper. <laughs> so it is a comedy. Okay, so there's a ghost in the attic, and it's uh, Hopper. What's his name? David Harbour. It's David Harbour. The entire world. Yep. And there's <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, which is wonderful. Yep. Um, they're making money out of uh, the ghost in the attic. And there's Jesus. <laughs> they're trying to shake hands, but it's not working. What happened to you? You don't remember? Oh. Mystery. So maybe he has been killed. What happened? It's out there. <laughs> what? Why is he running away? <laughs> so bizarre. The ghost is running. Oh! Our orders? <laughs> oh, that's Tignotaro. I do love yeah, Tignotaro. Right? Love yeah, her. Yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah. Being an outlaw suits you. And they're escaping with the ghost. I wonder what they want to do with the ghost. Maybe catch it? Yeah, you gotta bust ghosts, right? Hmm? You gotta bust the ghost. Yeah. Ghosts are bad. <laughs> so I was right. It was either gonna be. It's, it's a, it's a comedy. Hopefully, fun comedy. <laughs> 
Oops. Um, February 24, very soon. Yeah, very soon. Actually, I love David Harbour, I so I would soon. love, you know, it looks like fun. I love David Harbour. I love Dave, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. I love the director. Who is the director? It's Christopher Landon, who made, he made Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You and Freaky. Three very good horror comedies. Okay. So, like, that's all good. But Netflix never, I don't know. Netflix often get creators that I think are great and then they just somehow help them make bad things. Mm. Um, can't think of a perfect example off the top of my head now, but it does definitely happen. Like, for example, uh, what did he make first? That film. Oh, it's a movie called Night Stalker. No, what's it called? The Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Nightcrawler. 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 Yeah. Nightcrawler. Great movie. Amazing movie. Netflix gave the guy that made that movie a bunch of money, and the guy got um Jake Gyllenhaal back, and then they made um. Velvet Buzzsaw for Netflix, which is one of the most awful things I've ever seen. And I just, I worry about getting too excited about projects like this from people I like. Mm. Often it doesn't really work out. Equally, I think Auntie Mackie is the blandest and dullest leading actor in films at the moment. I really don't get excited when I see that Auntie, Auntie Mackie has popped up in a movie. Mm. Um, so I don't know. But it looks fun, potentially, yeah. right? yeah. Okay. Are you ready for another, uh, something else? Something a little bit different? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, Infinity Pool. I have actually, and I want to watch it with you. There's been lots of talk about this film, Infinity Pool, and how some people really loved it and some people thought it was horrendous. Um, yeah. So it's been, there's been Very like mixed. real big mixed reviews. What I just love is just Mia Goth. <laughs> It's just, she's amazing. You don't see many interviews with her. And then she speaks and she's got this really like high pitched voice. And in this trailer, she just shouts with, with this high pitched voice. And it's so creepy, isn't it? And mm, uh, I don't know what to make of this film, um, of this trailer, but I would like to watch it again. Let's watch it again yeah. and see what we think of it. Have you not watched, have you watched X? No. Oh. I mean, is it not a horror? You should what? Uh, yeah. It uh, yes, but I think it's the kind of horror that you could watch. Mm. Like it would, you'd get tense at points, but it's it, it's got more to say, and it's got it's got something to say. It's a horror movie with something to say, and it's got an opinion on things that I think you would find really interesting. But is X not the one where they go to film an adult video in a? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Maybe. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And also, did you see the interview with Mia Goff saying that, you know, pe- why like the Oscars are kind of political and that's why uh, the horror films are not nominated for Oscars? And I thought it was really good for a part, like an actor to say that because it is true. Yeah, because her performance in Pearl that isn't out in the UK yet is supposed to be worthy of an Oscar. Yeah. Pearl being the sequel to X. Yeah. Come on, you should watch X. It's more than you, it's better than you, it's not what you think it is. Okay. I promise you, it's not what you think <laughs> okay. it is. Is it scarier, is it less scary than Hereditary? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 
hundred percent. It's not even. <sighs> it's not even scary. It's kind of scary. Is there like parts. lots of body horrors, kind of like chopping no, off no. stuff? There's violence in it and there's gore in yeah. it that you'd have to get through, but it's not. It's quite. It's much slower pace than you than you're expecting okay. it to be, and it's much more interested in exploring these different characters in the 1970s and their approach to sexuality and okay. the adult film industry and stuff like that and having discussions about that and then it sort of becomes a horror movie but it's not ever that scary okay you should watch yeah. it i'd like to talk to you about it i'd be interested to know what you think yeah. of it anyway infinity pool and this is directed this by uh brandon cronenberg brandon cronenberg son, son of, of- David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. So they're both kind of like yes. this kind of body horror kind of stuff, don't they? It would seem so. Yeah. The, the, I've seen one other movie by Brandon Cronenberg. It was called Possessor, mm. and it's a very good film. Mm. Um, but this is apparently better or worse, depending on who you ask. Let's go. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know. Also, apparently, it's like the White Lotus, but for depraved people. So there's. Or even more depraved. So there's a Scars Guard, one of the many Scars Guards. Oh, yeah. Scars Guard. The the hunk the hunkiest scars the guard, hunkiest right? scars guard. Alex. Yeah, that's me a goth. Yes. He married rich. Mia Goth is so unsettling in this in this trailer. Mm-hmm. She's. There's a bit where she does a big scream and it's yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. James Foster. So he just hit somebody with a car. He's going to get arrested. But where where are they? Do you know? I don't know, actually. Mm. So it's it's a place where you, you can either go to prison or something else could happen to you, which is interesting. Money. They want money. Yeah, and this double thing was really crazy. So they're going to create, what, a double out of you? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And he just opened his eyes. <laughs> I mean, this this is the Cronenberg. Like, this is their bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there's somebody just being stabbed. And this is weird, the new skin thing. It's just really creepy. And, like, it's just Mia Goth is unhinged. <laughs> What is going yeah, when on? Yeah, when he goes, Jamesy! Jamesy! <laughs> yeah. And watch it happen. Just too much for me, I think. <laughs> yeah. What I really liked is that it's, uh, it's really silly, but when they do the names, it's uh, from the bottom to the top. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. Really, it's a well constructed trailer. Yeah, very well constructed. Uh, I think I think it could be something completely different than what we something expect. completely, and now for something completely different. Yeah, as Monty Python used to say. Yeah, they knew about. They knew Infinity Pool was coming. Man, I cannot wait to see Infinity Pool. I am so excited. I'm not for that sure. Film. I don't. I don't think I will watch it. I'm not very good. Being no, you just agreed to do a, a special about it. So. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> you just said let's do a special okay no you can Infinity watch it Pool. and then I can live Infinity Pool through you 
Okay, but watch X because okay. I think you could get a. I think you could watch X and enjoy it. And the cast, Kid Cudi's in there. There's a guy that's like, if you can't afford Matthew McConaughey, maybe you get him instead. And he does a he does about <laughs> as good a job as McConaughey. There's a guy. Uh, there's there's the uh, the lady from Pit, the Pitch Perfect movies. Yeah. The leader of the. The leader of the people. Yeah. And Mia Goth being amazing in two roles. She plays two roles in the film. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until it, until afterwards when I looked it up that she was playing another character. It's a great movie. I've seen it three times. Have you? I watch it again today. Yeah, it's a really good film. You watched it it's again kind of film today? I've... No, I could watch ah. it again today. <laughs> like, I'd, I, I, I could. It's the kind of film where if somebody was like, Do you fancy watching X? I'd be like, Yeah, I do. I do fancy watching X, actually. Um, and then Pearl is apparently even better. And then they're making Maxine at the moment. It's going to be a trilogy. Oh, man. Busy. Yeah. And that's Ty West. Ty West is such a crazy good director. Um, that doesn't he doesn't get the appreciation he deserves. Anyway, um, if anyone would like to uh have a good time, I would recommend that they should watch. Maybe not a good time, but I recommend this week people watch Skinnamarink because it's so weird and missing because it's a great time. Missing is a great time. Skinnamarink is like you got to see it in mm. order to believe it. What have you picked? Uh, I think if I, I I would recommend uh, Decision to Leave and Dead Pigs. Dead Pigs. Decision to Leave. Decision to Leave Dead Pigs. You would, <laughs> wouldn't you, though? You wouldn't yeah. keep them. No. You'd leave them. No, yeah. Um. Thank you for listening. Please go and rate and review us, etc., etc., on uh, any way you can, as we've mentioned up top. And uh, join us next week as we get into the next part of the culture bucket of our lives, discussing our favourite films, albums, games from the years 1996 all the way through to 2005. Oh, what a year. What a year. Goodbye, see you then, love you. Thank you. Bye.